0: Enlightening to everybody. I think it's a lesson that everybody needs. It's called Jesus the Challenge. Now, Jesus, obviously, we know is not a challenge. Jesus is a reward. Jesus is a, a humble servant that He showed us in the Bible. But Jesus, the challenge, goes hand in hand with this 15 and 15. And the reason being is because the challenge is going to be on us. I want you to think about that. Have you ever thought about the challenge that Jesus put forth in His teaching and in converting sinners to salvation? You go back and you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You'll see Jesus, his focus, his main goal. He said, I came to seek and to save the lost. And we know that each one of us at one point in time, if we're not still, we're lost. Jesus is the challenge. He did this in a very interesting way. Many times, there are those that instruct others on how to do certain things. You know, there's teachers. There's teachers. Uh, There are, in our congregation, elders that that may instruct us from time to time on how we can do things best. There are very educated people. There are wise people. Sometimes there's a set of instructions in a box. I know on our old camping trip, me and Daddy were trying to put something together, couldn't figure out how to get it together. I said, well, there are some instructions in there. Got them out. Figured it out. Wasn't no problem. Sometimes there's handbooks. Well, you know what? This is the best handbook I've got right here. Very best handbook I've got. There's guides. There's videos you can watch. All this ties into what we're talking about. You know, there are things here that we can do in the church. Sometimes we can figure it out on our own, but oftentimes we end up failing. And we end up having to go back and look to see what the best way to do it was the first time. Sometimes it's better to listen to the teacher or maybe even read the instructions. Men, I know it's a challenge. Men, I know you don't want to read the instructions. I'm with you. But you know what? When you get done putting something together and there's 15 pieces left over... It ain't right. (laughs) Or when you put the chair up and you sit down and it falls down, it ain't right. Well, Jesus taught us a great deal through his life. He's often called the master teacher, and rightly so. He's the greatest teacher. (coughs) He is known as the greatest teacher ever. No matter where he was, he would draw a crowd of huge proportions. You think about that now. You go back and you look, and Jesus, even on the Sermon on the Mount, I mean, look at all those people. They really didn't know who he was much. But they gathered and they came. I want to look at four points today on how Jesus took off to seek and save the lost. And how he did these things and how he challenges us to do these things. First off, he did it by himself. Doesn't that seem odd? He did it by himself. You know, when Jesus was born into this world and from the Virgin Mary, and he grew up, he came to a point when he was 12 years old, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men and had no need that anyone should testify of man for he knew that, uh, what was in man. John 2, verses 23 through 25. See, Jesus, he wasn't quite ready at this point. That was later on in his life a little bit when he started teaching. But, but when he was at this point in his life, he didn't need for everybody to know who he was. He needed to be able to teach a little bit by himself. Now, if you want, I'm going to jump around quite a bit, but if you want to follow with me, Luke chapter 2 is where that came from. And Luke chapter 2, verse 39 through 52 is going to be my next set that we're going to look at. Verse 39, the Bible says, so when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong of spirit, in spirit, filled with the wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. When Jesus was young, when he was twelve years old, you remember the story that, that Mary and Joseph had to go back to their native land there. They had to go back to pay taxes, and they had to go back to the, to the feast, they had to do these things. But when they got there, when they were ready to leave, Jesus wasn't with them. Do you remember that? You remember when they were walking off, Jesus was not with them when he was supposed to be. Twelve-year-old boy, he wandered away, didn't he? Well, I want you to read a little further. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. You see, Jesus was by himself in that temple. He wasn't there with anybody else except for the teachers of the, of the, of the synagogues there. He was there with them, but he was answering their questions. He was teaching them things. And he did it by himself. In Mark chapter 12, verses 35 through 37, we can also see Jesus here. He was teaching in the temple, in the temple courts. He was there by himself. He didn't have anyone else there that we can see or read about, but it says there that Jesus answered and said, while he taught in the temple, how is it that the scribes say that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Spirit, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, David himself calls him Lord, how is he then his son? And the common people heard him gladly. You see, we have these examples that Jesus taught by himself. I think one of the greatest examples is Matthew chapter 4. <laughs> think about that. He went up on the mountaintop and he was tempted by Satan. But we have the teachings of Jesus when he was by himself. He told Satan, It is written, it is written. It is written, And we have those words reported for us, thankfully, in the Gospel of Matthew, so that we can see that Jesus taught us through his own life. Now, the second point, many of you already know where I'm going with that probably, but Jesus said, follow me. He said to follow me to those apostles, those disciples. And, and when you look at that and, and you kind of grasp what was going on there, in verse 43 of John chapter 1 and the following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him whom knows us in the law. And also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? We talked about that recently. But when you look at that, and Jesus said, follow me. So in other words, Jesus is going to teach by himself, and then he's going to tell others, you follow me. I want you to come with me. I want you to to see how to do this. Matthew chapter 9, verse 9, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Luke 9, 23, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Parallel to that in Matthew 16, verse 24. Now, we know that that is a a laying down of your life, a self-denial. But Jesus said, if you're going to teach people, if you're going to learn the way of of me, the way to heaven, the way to seek and to save the lost, you're going to follow me. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. John 8, verse 12. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to them, or to him, Follow me. He's talking to Peter there in John chapter 21, verse 19. You know, he's 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 gone around about and saying, Listen, if you're gonna do my Father's will, if you're gonna love me, if you're gonna keep my commands, if you want to do the things that I want you to do, you're gonna have to go with me. You're gonna have to follow me. So Jesus did it by himself. He did it with others following. The third point is is he taught the disciples or the apostles how to do it by themselves. You see, Jesus knew, he he foretold that there was going to come a time when he would not be there. He foretold to them that he he knew his life was coming to an end. And we know, of course, that Peter denied that. He said, no, Lord, nothing's going to happen to you. We won't let it happen to you. And Jesus said, no, no, no. You're wrong, Peter. Get behind me, Satan. But Jesus taught his apostles how to do it by themselves. And I think the Word of God also teaches us how to do it by ourselves. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said to them, Take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. Whoever will not receive you, when you go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. So they departed and went through the towns preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. That's Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. You see, Jesus sent these disciples out. Now, Two of the Gospels, at least, show that they went out two by two. But I still believe that that is a how you do it by yourself. <laughs> how you do it by yourself. He's telling these apostles here, you got to get out and do it. You can't just wait on me. There's going to come a time when, when you're going to need to be out there. And we know that the, 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 the recollection of the story, as we continue to see, it was successful. And we see there that in Mark chapter 6 and verses 30 and 31, then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, but what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest for a while. For there were many coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. You see, when you look at that and and you understand the, the concern that Jesus had, the people heard the word. He pushed them out there. And when they came back and told Jesus what they had seen, what they had heard, and Matthew 10 gets a much longer story and more and more details about what happened. But but when you look at that and you realize that Jesus pushed them to their limits, if you will. He said, I want you to go out there. Don't take a bunch of stuff with you. You don't need it. You don't need it. And folks, we don't need it. We've got it right here. We've got the Word of God. If I took every resource that I have available to me in, in the church library and in my library with me to a Bible study, I'd have to carry a whole trailer behind my truck because somebody's going to ask me a question I don't know the answer to, right? What did Jesus tell them? <laughs> Take nothing for the journey, neither staffs, nor bag, nor bread, nor money. Do you think they would need any bread? <laughs> my dad and I were on the way home yesterday. We had some leftover lunch meat. I stopped at a little pullover place they said, "What are you doing?" I said, well, "We're going to eat sandwiches for lunch." He said, "Okay." Did you stop and get bread? <laughs> We'd run out of bread at the campsite. We needed to get bread, but I forgot. I didn't have bread, so we could have made a, you know, a ham and cheese, a ham on cheese sandwich, I guess. But, but we had to go get some bread to make a sandwich. He says, "Don't even take bread with you. Don't take money with you. You don't need it." And folks, that's true today. We don't need a lot of stuff to convert souls. We need the Word of God. And that's what Jesus was teaching them. And he tells them if they won't listen, if they, if they will, you know, if they're against you, shake off the dust of your feet and move on. Move on. Now, it's hard to move on. I understand that. When you're studying with somebody, I've got somebody that stays in the back of my mind that I studied with almost two years ago now that was ready to come to the gospel, but they weren't quite ready yet. And they still haven't. And it lingers in the back of my mind. And I'm, I'm patiently waiting to the time that they maybe will say, can we study some more? But I've had to walk away from that because if I just stayed controversially on that, uh, conversely on, that, on that one person, I would miss all these over here. And that's what Jesus is saying. We've got to spread the gospel, folks. People are dying. Souls are being lost. People are not ending up in eternity where they should. And it's partly our fault. Partly our fault. The fourth point, Jesus told disciples to take somebody with you. <laughs> now you can take that passage and, and look at it in different ways, but Matthew 28, 18 through 20, you know the passage, but I'm going to read it in full. Many times I think we might leave out a word or two and when, when we quote it kind of quickly. So Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, Jesus is going to be with us regardless. But what he does is he tells, their, he tells his disciples there in a story that, <clears throat> excuse me, in a story that is familiar, so familiar to us, in Luke chapter 10, 1 through 16. He tells his disciples there that he wants them to go out. And that's called the 70 sent out. But real quickly, I want to look at these verses. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. You see, what what he did was he put them ahead of him. And put them in places so that they could go out and start teaching, start molding, start, start getting interest, if you will. Think about that. And he sends them out. He's, then he said to them, verse 2, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Folks, I'm going to tell you, that is one of our biggest problems today. The harvest is great. But there's no laborers. There's not many laborers. What is a laborer? You know what a laborer is. It's someone who's willing to work with somebody to spread the gospel, to to teach them, in whatever case it may be. But the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And what I said a minute ago about our 15 and 15 project, pray. Jesus said, pray that there are going to be more. Pray that there will be those that can help. Go your way, verse 3. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves, Carry neither money bag, knapsack, or sandals, and greet no one along the road. Whatever house you enter first, say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as they set before you. And heal the sick there, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whatever city you enter and they do not receive you, go out into the streets and say, The very dust of your city which clings to us we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. And he tells them that you know, as they return a few verses later, they they tell Jesus about how great their, their trips were. Verse 17, then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And can you imagine that if you, you know, of course, we're not going to face demons, physical demons in our lives. But but there's plenty of spiritual demons out there. There's plenty of demons keeping us, the ones that are teaching false truths, the ones that that are saying there is no God, the ones that are saying that, well, I don't have to believe in this, I don't have to be baptized to be saved. There are those things out there, but but look at what they said. Then the 70 returned with joy. They were happy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Folks, if you want to see the power of Christ, spread the power of Christ. It'll show you. I think about the missionary journeys of Acts as well and, and, and how the, the, the apostles and the disciples went out basically with each other, Timothy, Titus, Barnabas, John Mark, you know, they all went out and they enjoyed what they were doing. Jesus said, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you in John 14 and 26. I can't help but think about this verse here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Jesus summed it all up when he said in John chapter 15, verses 16 and 17, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you these things I command you that you love one another. See, Jesus said, I chose you. And I think Jesus is still choosing us today to go out and spread his word. We get to tell the story. Do you get it? We get to tell the story. It's like the song that that Brian led and Brother JC prayed thanking, thanking him for. We've got a mansion over the hilltop. Our God is an amazing God. Why would you not want to tell it? The greatest gift ever, remember? We talked about that two weeks ago. The greatest gift. Jesus the Christ. Why would you not want to tell everybody about it? I'm not saying you don't try to. But, but when we see somebody, why would we not want to tell them about the greatest thing we've ever known? I want to tell everybody about Jesus Christ. And I hope you do too. And that begins right here in our own number. Fortunately and unfortunately, we have those that have never really heard the Word of God. They've never opened their hearts to the Word of God. They've not been obedient in baptism. The Word of God tells us we must hear the Word, we must believe it, we must repent of our old being, confess that Jesus is the true Son of God, and we must obey His commands in baptism. Being baptized, coming up a new creation. And friends, we have that home waiting for us. We have that mansion over the hilltop. Why not tell everybody about it? But don't just do it in words. Do it in your life. And if you've not been doing it in your life, why not? Why not? Today the invitation is offered. And if you've not been living the way that you should,